Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, we've got a busy one for you today and we have lots to talk about. You know, I have to tell you though, um, I'm pretty excited about the weather and I hope you are too. It's been pretty crazy, yep, and it's been warm. And I'm going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite topics, which is cottage life and cottages and a few things that you should be a little bit concerned about uh, when you're looking at venturing into either buying a cottage or renting a cottage so just a couple of maybe pitfalls that you want to avoid and uh, to give you an idea who's going to be joining me today I've got uh, Phil Soper he's the president and CEO of Royal LePage you've heard Phil here over the last few years join us now and then keep us up to date on what's actually happening in the market and by the way if you take a look at some of the uh, different newspaper articles you'll always see Phil quoted on them it's always great to have him on and an interesting product coming to the market it's called Home Protection Solutions by FCT, and I've got uh, Jackie Chikudi joining me a little bit later. And um, to give you an idea what this product is, uh, well, you know what, how about I hold off and you really do want to know about this product if you're buying or selling a house, and uh, she's going to be joining me in a little while. And one other thing of note, of course, uh, as I've been alluding to on my last few shows, our new releases here, uh, if you go to our website, you can, uh, you can sign in to get the information sent to you. But Woodstock, that's right, one of our new releases, condominium five-story building and one bedroom starting at $129.9. And uh, yeah, they have positive cash flow. They're not to live in. They're, they are rental uh, buildings, and uh, just so you know, but they're, uh, they're fully tenanted, completely managed. We make sure you get your rent every single month. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Woodstock's a fabulous marketplace. Right behind that release, we have our other one in Tilsonburg. They're almost identical buildings. And again, very, very exciting. Two bedrooms in Tilsonburg start at 129.9, fully cash flowing, fully tenanted. You just sit back and in our program, you get to relax and let your tenant pay off your mortgage. So that's my little blurb about The Simple Investor. Remember, thesimpleinvestor.com is the best way to find out more. But I'm really excited. This is our last release for 2018 and uh, it's going to go fast. So uh, we'll give you the information let you know where the date the date is that you can sign and you're all set but um, before I go down the road and tell you anything more about it I want to talk about the market where we're going and then I do want to talk a little bit about the cottage country so right now lots of stuff that came out about June you know, it's a real seesaw battle because everybody's sitting there saying June is up, but it's only up from May. It's down from last year. So really, what is the market doing? Should you be putting your house on the market for sale? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, should you be looking at, you know, potentially uh, holding off? Is the market going to increase? Well, Phil will weigh in on that a little bit later. But for me, one of the most important things I always look at is what is the potential of what the market's going to do in the next month, 
six months, 12 months, and how about two years? Because most people, when they start thinking of moving, some of them will go as far out as two years. Some people do knee-jerk reaction. It could be within a couple of months if they find the right house. So should you be hopping into the market? Well, if the numbers are telling us anything, the market went up a little from May. May was not exceptionally good by any stretch. In fact, we completely missed the spring market. There was no huge surge in number of deals, but what we are seeing is we're seeing things start to normalize. So could this summer stay busy? Well, I don't know how many of you are listening to us, uh, you know, via the dock um, at the cottage or if you're actually in town and you're looking. Most people who are looking to move into the school year have normally bought by now, if not kind of knee-jerk reaction, trying to get in before September, of course, when the kids start back at school. So the other people, though. Um, who have set up perhaps buying from a builder looking at closing in the fall, they're probably putting their houses on the market right now. And for those of you that are doing it, make sure you price accordingly. Don't get too aggressive because it's one of the things that people make the mistake of is they turn around and they get too aggressive with the price. They say, listen, I remember this house was selling in March 2017 for this price, so I want that price. That's not going to exist for a little while. So you have to kind of check up your expectations. And I know it's tough to do because we're talking about a lot of money. And one of the other things, of course, in the news this week was the fact that everybody is complaining about the baby boomers. I was on with Jerry Agar. Always a pleasure to talk with Jerry. And uh, we were talking about the fact that the baby boomers want to stay put in their home. And the real question should be this. Should they not be able to? Um, who says that at the age of 75, you must sell your family home and downsize? You must downsize. Um, at what point is it that people decide to sell? Well, in most cases, when they're rummaging around the house, it's way too big. Maybe it gets too much financially for them to keep the taxes and the heat and the hydro or the maintenance for that matter. That's normally when people start to think of the shift or maybe they want to free up equity. You know, the whole reverse mortgage thing doesn't necessarily give you a great advantage. I mean, it does free up some of your equity, but the truth is, is that you're really not maximizing the dollar out of the asset itself being your home. So if you, if you take a look at it, a lot of people are, who are staying healthier a lot longer, thank you, modern medicine. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait it out. You know, I don't have any issues. You know, my spouse, we're doing well, so we're going to stay put. This is going to be a fact of life. And for those of you that are just chomping at the bit, waiting for a mature person to sell their property, you may have to wait a little longer. Uh, right now, when we take a look at retirement homes, and people that are moving into, you know, I guess more of a lifestyle living, it's more between 75 and 85 nowadays. You know, before we could see it sitting around 70, people were doing the downsizing, they were freeing it up. But nowadays, you know, people are, are much healthier, they're more active, and really, why do you wanna sell? Well, unless you're trying to free up money or you're doing something for your kids, truth is, you can stay put. Wait it out, watch the market, and when the market starts to go up a little, then maybe perhaps the baby boomers are gonna take advantage of it, sell, and then we've got our millennials that are able to move up. And this. Is is where the big shift has happened in this marketplace. We keep looking at the market saying, okay, what's going on with the market? Well, we don't have the move, move up shift. So right now we've got a, a void in the middle market. That's that semi-detached, detached, 
even townhome range. You know, condominiums, you know, lots of new developers are, are releasing new condominiums. Uh, I always will tell you and be, explain to be very cautious with the developer that you're going with. We've had enough cancellations already this year that have offset a couple thousand people who are not going to benefit from the purchase that they tried to make on the condominium. So perhaps, and my biggest suggestion would be this, perhaps you go with the, the name brand builder, the one that you know is going to close for sure. I'm not taking anything away from some of the smaller ones, but those are normally the ones that are kind of bailing out. And so we'll have to wait and see. It's one of those markets that we're going to keep our eye on for you. And looking at the numbers right now, they're saying the market is up from this time last year, about 1%. But that's not a huge benchmark considering how much the market did drop at this time last year. So the year over year is not a great indicator, but we're going to, you know, tap uh, Phil Soper for some information and maybe he can give us all the updates. Now, one of the things I'd mentioned just a little bit earlier is I want to talk to you about cottage country. And for those of you that have vacation properties right now, the vacation properties are doing exceptionally well. In fact, this year, probably going to go up 10%. One of the main reasons why is that there is a lack of inventory. All the cottage properties, not a lot of people are selling, so we've got a big lack of inventory in that marketplace. But a couple of things I think that uh, everybody should be aware of, and, and a lot of people aren't. Keep in mind about a few of the services that you get so accustomed to here in the city that you just automatically say, oh, garbage pickup. Yeah, it should be at the end of the road, on the road, at the end of my driveway. Um, in a lot of municipalities uh, in cottage country, you have to go to a dump. Uh, there is no no garbage pickup and so you actually have to transport your garbage to the dump where they have sectionized bins nowadays so yeah you can't watch the bears anymore but the truth is is that that's just one of those things that some people deem to be an inconvenience um, second of all gas okay now a lot of cottages um, do have furnaces uh, a lot of the newer ones do but they're normally you they normally are fed by propane so big propane tanks uh, keep in mind who the supplier is is it a rental and how much it costs to fill so you need to know what your costs are going to be to run this thing and hydro so let's talk about hydro one uh, hats off to mr. Ford thanks for getting rid of the big expensive guy but what is going to happen to hydro costs? And so everybody knows in the north, one of the big problems, of course, are trees falling down on lines, massive cost to maintenance, and the delivery charge normally for your hydro far exceeds than the actual hydro use. And so keep in mind, if you're going to buy a cottage or slash vacation property, ask for some of the hydro bills. You need to know what this thing's doing because it's a lot more expensive than you think. And it, a lot has to do with the delivery charge on the actual hydro bill. Other things like uh, riparian rights. Do you own the waterfront? If you're on the water, uh, you know, not all cottages are. Some people are, you know, off a road. But truth be told, you need to know, do you actually own it? Um, have all the permits been met when the cottage was built? And also, um, you know, is it winterized? Winterized cottages, a lot of people say, well, it's three seasons. Um, but just so you know, in certain parts of the north, uh, it can get really cold in those three seasons. And you want to make sure that you don't have frozen water or burst pipes or anything like that. So one of the things I always encourage uh, everybody to do, make sure you hire a home inspector always whenever you're buying something, but especially on a vacation property. Um, potability, water, 
one of the things where does your water come from is it on a well or do you actually take from the lake and is that got a heated line or do you have to take it out every year so these are some of the things that if you're going to go out and purchase a cottage uh, make sure that you have a good understanding of what you're buying one other thing of course if you're going to rent a cottage um, sometimes landlords will actually rent out a cottage for a week or two but they also charge you for hydro and so you do want to know that the usage is actually allocated to the stuff that you did um, so again they can charge you for hydro uh, if it's during the winter they can charge you for the actual heat or they'll do an all-encompassing lease keep in mind a lot of them will want security deposits because they want to make sure the property is being returned to them in great shape and so that's one of those things that I think that you need to keep your eye on and uh, so it could be in excess of 500 to two thousand dollars depending on the actual uh, cottage itself and one other thing, does it include a boat to use? A lot of times people, when they rent cottages, they think that just because they saw a boat at the dock that they automatically get to use it. Well, that's not always the case. Sometimes the owner says, no, sorry, you can't use my boat and it's not included in the lease. So make sure you cover yourself and know exactly what you're dealing with. Anyways, hopefully uh, that gives you a bit of an update. Remember, you can go to thesimpleinvestor.com and stay in touch, find out more about our latest release this summer, Final one for 2018. When I come back, I've got more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Uh, joining me in the studio now is Jackie Chikuti, and she is the head of Home Protection Solutions, and it's a division of FCT. And uh, welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Um, of, of course, when anybody has like a, a short acronym and they start saying FCT, um, I don't know if all our listeners know who that is. Can you tell us about the, the company a little? Sure. FCT is actually First Canadian Title, and we pioneered title insurance in Canada. Canada in 1991. Our parent company is First American. So most people, if they know First Canadian Title or FCT, they would know us on the title insurance side. Right. So we spent a lot of time in that market for, for quite a while. And over the last couple of years, we've started to branch out into other uh, other areas of the real estate transaction. Yeah, excellent. You know, it's interesting that you, you, that you mentioned that because I remember years ago when First Canadian Title made a huge surge into the market. And it was almost, they were actually... I feel that the biggest company that had the greatest impact on title insurance, because we used to have people come on the show that had lost their title to fraud and everything else. FCT came into Canada, you know, made a huge impact in the marketplace. And pretty much, I don't think there's a solicitor out there that will close a transaction today without having some form of title insurance. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, initially when we came into the market and back in 1991, there were people that were hesitant to uh, jump on board. It was a change. We really revolutionized the way that, uh, you know, refinances were done in Canada. But yes, today it's it's widely accepted in Ontario for sure. And, and across the country, we're getting there for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a very important thing. So for all our listeners sake, um, folks, whenever you do a transaction, one of the reasons why the title insurance is so important, um, first and foremost is if you pay off your house and I don't know if all our listeners know this but if you pay off your house somebody could go into let's say a lending institution um, you know with fake ID pretend they're you and all of a sudden you can get a lien on your house and they walk away with the money and this is this is the thing there was a huge huge uh, RCMP investigation back around 2004 2005 um, 
they uh, they actually you know, came on. I interviewed them uh, through the whole thing. And there was a lady that uh, literally got home and the bank said that they were going to foreclose on her house. And she said, but I don't have a mortgage. And so again, with uh, title insurance, such an important thing. So you're joining me today because um, you're going to be talking about your new uh, home protection solution division. So what can you can you give us kind of a, an idea of what that is? For sure. So as I mentioned earlier, traditionally FCT was as a title insurance company. And one of the things that we've started to do is branch out into all aspects of the real estate transaction, really focusing on how we can help consumers through that whole process from search to keys. So about two years ago, we did a bunch of research around, you know, some of the pain points that home buyers have when they're purchasing a home and specifically around the home inspection process. And we developed a product called Certified Resale Home. And essentially what that was, was a pre-listing home inspection that came with an 18-month warranty on home inspection blind spots. So if you think about things during the home inspection that may not be easily identified based on the time of year or what an actual home inspector can see. So for example, you know, in this heat wave we've had, can we really check, you know, whether or not a furnace is functioning? Sure. Not always. So that product um, was launched about a year and a half ago and it was primarily on the sell side of a transaction. So if you think about certified pre-owned cars and when you go and you buy you know, a used car, it comes with an inspection and a warranty. We really wanted to provide something to home buyers that was very similar to that experience. So that was in market and the feedback that we received was, you know, this is fantastic. I want to be able to do it on the buy side as well, which is traditionally when home inspections are done. So we launched that product in market and from there um, developed sort of a a new division of the company called Home Protection Solutions that now encompasses both of those products. So does a home inspector have to be certified um, by FCT to be able to, you know, give this report or will they take any home inspector's report at face value? So at the current time, we partner with Amerispec and they do all of our home inspections. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that we partnered with a company who was reputable and had the credentials that we were looking for and also, you know, had similar values to FCT. So so all of our inspections are done through Amerispec right now. Okay. Um, now, uh, and of course, people are saying, yes, but how much is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, what what is the cost of something like this? So on the sell side, it's $689, and that includes a full home inspection. Right. So if you think about, you know, today what you pay for a home inspection. Sure, it could be $300, $400 easily. Right, and, right. The, you know, even upwards of that in, in the GTA. So that's on the sell side, and that's for 18 months of coverage, up to $20,000. And then on the buy side, it's $739. Right. So that's if you're representing the buyer that's going in and they're asking for a warranty on it because the seller didn't decide to do it. Right. And on the buy side, the uh, warranty is 21 months instead of the 18. And that's really to allow for the closing period because the warranty takes effect the date of inspection. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, what are some of the things that um, that I guess our, our listeners wouldn't understand that you're actually covering? Like, can it cover, you mentioned furnace, obviously, earlier, you know, in dead of winter, maybe it's going to be the air conditioner because you're not going to fire that up. Um, yeah. What about foundation or anything like foundation leaks or anything potentially there? Does it cover things like that? Yeah, it would depend on um, on what the claim came in as. But, you know, you think about a lot of times basements are finished, so you don't understand maybe there could be a crack underneath and then you end up with a leak, you know, six months in. So something like that, you know, would be a blind spot. A roof in the middle of winter, especially in our climate, could be covered with two feet of snow, sure. you know, and don't realize until maybe things melt that you have a leak there. So it 
when we say blind spots, it's really things that, you know, inspectors, as, as good as they can be, sometimes still can't give you an accurate reading on those things. Yeah, and I think that's important because, you know, it was interesting because, you know, we had a rash of people just jump into home inspections with the, the, the most recent market. It went crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, back in 2017, you know, just massive volume, obviously, in 2016. And home inspections, in fact, home inspections, people stopped doing home inspections because they were in competition. They said, no, 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 we'll buy it, we'll buy it. Um, even if somebody was to already, let's say a buyer has bought the, the, the property firm, can they still have your home inspection? Will they still get the warranty? So sorry, just to clarify, you mean if they've closed on the deal and they want to well, come they, back? They haven't and- closed. Even like, you know, they went in competition. They said, okay, I'm not going to do a home inspection. And then all of a sudden, you know, so, so they have a firm deal. Can they get a home inspection from you at that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we would offer that. What about closing? After closing, no? Not at the moment. It's something that we're looking at, but right. um, there, there has been obviously a demand for that as well. And for people who, to your point, went into these these uh, deals without the condition of the home inspection and then say, okay, well, after I've closed, I want to be able to figure out what's going on with my home. Can I do it now? So, you know, we're looking at how do we evolve this product going forward, um, given that there is now a demand for it and and in different capacities. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, By the way, what is the best way for, uh, for people to find out about your product and to reach your company? So we have a website, fcthome.ca. I would recommend that if you're interested in more information or even booking, you can book online. Uh, That would probably be a good idea, or you can give us a call uh, directly. Okay, excellent. Um, Jackie, any advice you can give to our listeners about uh, what they should be doing? Obviously, going with your product. Yeah, oh, for sure. No, I just think, you know, the important thing to remember is that this is the largest investment that you're ever going to make in your life. And you now have the ability, you know, not only to have full transparency with a home inspector, but to have the, you know, additional peace of mind of an 18 or 21 month warranty covering those major blind spots. And and in today's market where people are already stretched financially, you know, up to $20,000 worth of coverage is really going to help you in an instance where you could run into a problem and, and not at a good time. Yeah, and, and, and for our listeners' sake, um, this happens all the time, by the way. You know, you get into a house and something goes wrong within the first year, and I hear it all the time from buyers that they say, you know, I bought this house and the home inspector missed this or somebody missed that or it just happened to happen. So um, I, think it's, I think it's a great product. I congratulate um, UNFCT for bringing this to the market. And, uh, you know, I wish you all the success, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Folks, when we come back, we've got more, so stay with us. We'll be right Right back after this. And welcome back. Now, my next guest joining me is the president and CEO of Royal LePage. You've heard him right here on News Talk 1010, uh, Simply Real Estate previously, and it is Mr. Phil Soper. And Phil, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be on. So, Phil, you and I haven't talked in a little while. Um, I know it was an uh, interesting spring market, all sorts of things going on in the world. And so I thought we'd kind of maybe start off talking about the spring market. All the numbers have pretty much come in right up until the end of June. You know, um, there, you've been quoted in a couple of different news articles. You know, the spring market never blossomed. Can you kind of <laughs> give us an overview there? Well, you know, the spring is typically in North America the time of year when people have traditionally traded in, in, re, in residential real estate. It, it, uh, I often liken our market to the shape of a Volkswagen Beetle. It uh, starts low in January and then it goes to a big, you know, the, you can follow the roof of the car. It's, it reaches a peak in the, uh, in the March, 
to May time frame, we have a little dip in the summer, and then we have a, a minor bump in the fall. That's a typical seasonal model that we've we've uh, we follow year after year after year, and it just simply did not happen this year. It looked more like a Lamborghini; it was flat. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, we knew the new federal mortgage stress test measures would slow the market. Uh, they did, and in much of the country, not all of the country, but in much of the country, they slowed it to a uh, standstill. And it wasn't just the people that were directly affected by the new rates. In other words, those who had to uh, accept lower borrowing limits and therefore decided not to buy a home. It was those who were watching this happening and worried about what would happen in the market that went scurrying to the sidelines. The good news is that it, we've appeared to have worked through this and that that spring market may turn into something of a, a summer market before it's over. So, Phil, you and I had uh, spoken earlier in the year, and after looking at 2017, I mean, that was, that is, I would call it the Leviathan, or like, <laughs> you know, like we really did see this, like, incredible, you know, uh, up, uh, pretty much t uh, topping out in around March and April and then of 2017. And then, of course, you know, we watched the numbers come, you know, not, I'm not going to call them crashing down, but, you know, major, major change, obviously. And so when we take a look at June over June, though, you know, a lot of people are still saying, you know, volume's really down. But is it is it not difficult to kind of compare a downturn market and, 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 and say, hey, listen, we're doing better this year in June than we did last year when that was the market that was receding? Yeah, you know, if you so we we like quarter over quarter numbers because in in glorious Canada, weather can disrupt the. The, the cycle in a given month, all you need is two weeks of abnormal weather, abnormally hot, abnormally cold, uh, too much snow, too much rain, whatever. And it can actually tweak tweak the fighting. So we tend to avoid looking at, at putting too much credence on a given month. That said, you raise a very good point. In our data, we started seeing week over week changes, particularly in the GTA, uh, in the May-June time frame. So it was clear to us that a, a bottom had been reached uh, and that that we were starting to climb out of this. But if you look at the second quarter and compare it to the second quarter of last year, it, 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 was, it was pretty flat. Overall in Canada, prices went up 2%. Uh, but if you look at two-story homes, uh, they were they were less than one percent up, and, and and as you mentioned, if we go back to the first quarter of 2017, for example, we were dealing with price increases in the in the GTA in many areas of 20 percent or more. So, uh, a dramatic change in the the pace of the market, absolutely. You know, you, you you mentioned something that I find interesting because, you know, um, you know, I know you've been in real estate for a long time. So have I. When we first started out, you know, we would we would sometimes get annualized reports. Then they started doing quarterly. But you just mentioned about week to week. And yeah. obviously technology enables us to track numbers better now at this time. But 
you know, it, does that not kind of make uh, make it a little bit more fickle for people to understand? Because, you know, one of the things watching the numbers that come out and what we've seen is like, you know, the first week of June is better than than the last week of May. And, and it's such a tight you know, market that when people start looking at just like the the smallest uptick, all of a sudden markets taking off, smallest downtick, we're going to crash. You know, do you know what I mean like it, it, it's sort of like watching? It, it's it's like a ripple in the water, and you're just waiting for the either the tidal wave or it just to go flat. No, yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's one of the reasons it's so difficult to be an occasional data analyst. So you take a a given person, and you know, Canadians typically turn over their homes every five to seven years uh, until they're older. And if you're in the market every five to seven years and you consider yourself a clever person, you dive in, you start looking at all the data sources you can get. You can arrive at some some very wrong conclusions based on that that uh, occasional dabbling. If you're dealing with an experienced professional that's backed up by uh, a firm that provides uh, insight and uh, data analysis, that professional, that frontline professional is going to be able to look at the data and say, you know, ignore that. Or I see this as a a significant change and and something we should watch. Uh, We should accelerate the process, and I know you didn't plan to get into the market to sell your home until X, let's try to get in two weeks early. Or, this is not the right time. Uh, let's let's not put your uh, product on the market, your, your home on the market now. You're not in any big rush. Let's wait eight weeks because there's an unsettled... Uh, a wave running through the industry right now, and the buyers just aren't going to be there for us. So yeah. it's that kind of thing that you get from experience that a a dabbler or someone who does it, uh, you know, a, a handful of times in their entire life versus every day in in and out. Uh, that's where the big differences are. Yeah. Folks, if you're just tuning in, I've got uh, Phil Soper with me. Um, he is from uh, Royal LePage. He's the president and CEO. Um, Phil, where do you see 2018 finishing up? I mean, you know, we've turned the we've turned the half already. Um, what's the next half look like? We we moved to a model. You talk about accelerating, accelerating change. We have moved to a model where we're forecasting at the beginning of the year, uh, for the entire year, and then we're we're actually updating our forecast on a quarterly basis, and we're we're doing what essentially is a 12-week forecast and a six-month forecast. So the next two quarters. So to, to bring that to reality here in Canada, which has done two percent over the last 12 months in the 63 city roller page house price composite. We're expecting to see 1.9% to an aggregate national price of 625600 uh, and, and over the next 12 weeks, 1.9%. And over the next uh, six months, 4.5%. So a significant change from the very slow uh, previous 12 months. And, and if, you, uh, if we look at the GTA specifically, we see the next uh, quarter, the next three months, uh, prices moving up 
by 2.1% to uh, $839,000 aggregate price across the market, medium price, uh, and in the next six months up 5.6%. So the GTA, we believe, if we look right across Canada, we'll see the most home appreciation over the next six months uh, versus any other uh, market in Canada, uh, including including uh, the lower mainland of British Columbia, the greater Vancouver area, which has been the uh, runaway price appreciation uh, star in Canada in recent years. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, Phil, we're going to go to a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk more with you. Um, some of the things that are happening, obviously, new provincial government in Ontario as well, the interest uh, increase by the Bank of Canada. So if you can stay put, we'll, uh, folks, we'll be right back after this with Phil Soper from Royal LePage. And welcome back. Uh, if you're just tuning in, my guest this hour is Mr. Phil Soper. He is the president and CEO of Royal LePage. And um, we were just talking about the market and the finishing off of 2018. And so, Phil, it sounds like, you know, we're, we're returning more to a normalized market. 2017 and, and, and a good part of 2016 seemed a little out of control. Everybody was speculating jumping on the bandwagon, um, you know, kind of coming to a grinding halt back uh, in 2017 spring. And now if if the market returns, for, for, how would I ask you this? Um, what is deemed to be a good, healthy market? What is the level of increase per year should we be looking at? Very good question, you know, and one that doesn't get asked very often. Probably the the easiest answer is to look at a very long period of time, like uh, 50 or 75 years. And if, if you go back over the last half century in Canada, homes have appreciated uh, on average by about 5% a year. Uh, it ranges a little bit, high fours, low fives, but uh, 5% a year is a, a good benchmark. The the reason, and inflation is, is typically less than that. So you would you would say why would uh, real estate appreciate faster than overall prices? And it's because people like to live together. We we gather together in in cities, and we bid up the price of land. We make it more valuable by by huddling together, particularly detached homes where you're paying for a piece of the earth as well as the uh, the building itself. Uh, they will outpace inflation over the long term. So, so 5% is a good benchmark. Things change this, of course. Uh, one, of, one of them is demographics. Uh, if, if a society is getting older, like Italy or Japan, where they have quite uh, old citizens, uh, they tend to appreciate less. And if, um, if a country has a robust uh, immigration uh, process that's driving the economy forward, like Canada and Australia do, you have, uh, you tend to appreciate a little quicker. Right now, we're in an interesting spot, historically. We've got the largest demographic in Canadian history, the millennials, uh, rolling aggressively into home ownership age. Uh, and there are more of them, as I say, than even the baby boomers before them. Uh, so they are putting pressure on housing stock. And in order to uh, continue to grow as an economy, 
we're welcoming more people from around the world to become Canadians. And uh, so our numbers now are uh, above 300,000 a year. When you when you add those to this millennial group, you get a lot of pressure on uh, on housing stock in our big cities where where young people tend to go to work and where new Canadians tend to to gather uh, to start a new life. Uh, so, and they and one interesting little thing, and then I'll I'll stop. The condominium prices have been rising at a quicker rate than detached home prices uh, over the last while. And I believe part of it is because millennials tend to buy condominiums as they're in, in their first or second home. And immigrants tend to buy condominiums because the place where they came from in the world tend to be uh, shared infrastructure. You live in a flat. You don't live in a detached home in, in big cities like uh, uh, Mumbai or or Sao Paulo or something like this. So, so the the pressure on our condominium stock, even though it's not using up as much of that precious land, uh, is demand driven. We've got a lot of people looking for condominium living. Right. So, which which is great because that's a good lead up to my next question. Do we have an inventory problem in the GTA? I mean, you know, we've been talking uh, over the last, I would say, two years with a lot of developers, you know, people that are that are looking at creating some of the new condominiums. Obviously, the outer markets, the detached market, you know, they're struggling because there's only so much land. Do we truly have an inventory issue here in Ontario? Absolutely. It. It, it, it's completely uh, a false signal right now that markets are so slow. But if policymakers at the municipal, provincial, and federal level think that the problem is solved in the GTA, they are, they are dead wrong. We are the fastest growing by population area in the, in the entire country. I know in a previous conversation I shared with you our analysis that look not just at immigration and and uh, millennials coming into the market but also interprovincial migration where people from other parts of Canada moved into the Golden Horseshoe area no place in Canada is growing as rapidly as our region by the migration of, of Canadians so you take all those factors uh, and yes the market right now is slow in volume terms picking up a bit, but it's slow, but it's just a, a head fake. The, the challenges we have with uh, a chronic undersupply of housing, and I, and I mean uh, homes for rent or for sale, uh, will raise their head uh, again very quickly, and we'll be, we'll be talking about a housing crisis in 2019, I'd expect. Yeah. And and one of the other things, of course, um, which was leading to, you know, a little uh, some people kind of checking up the idea of actually buying was the fact that the Bank of Canada, of course, has been raising its its uh, rate um, again here in July. We did have a uh, rate increase again, quarter point. So not significant. I mean, we're still looking at very affordable interest rates. But do you do you see the Bank of Canada continuing putting pressure on interest rates over the next 18 months? I do, and and I'm probably a little contrarian here in the real estate industry. I believe it's the right thing to do. I believe runaway inflation, be it in general goods that we buy as consumers or in housing, is a much bigger danger 
than a, a slower market. Uh, the underlying economy is very strong. There's been upward pressure on wages and salaries, as well as things like uh, house prices, and it has to be controlled. And we've got to remember that over, over the last 20 or 30 years, the bank rate has averaged about 6%. We've gone from 1.25 to 1.5 here. It is still very, very low by historical standards. And, and far from something people should be concerned about. Uh, tell you a quick little story. Uh, I was talking to an elderly gentleman, uh, uh, Gordon Gray, used to be the uh, CEO of Rolla Page uh, in the uh, 80s, and he told me a story about standing up in front of a, a management team, the national management team in 1981, and saying if we can just get mortgage rates down to 17 or 18%, we can get this market going again. And in uh, August of 81, they peaked at 21.5%. So people, especially young people, have no idea how crippling those kinds of interest rates can be uh, to get actual ownership, own principal in a home with that kind of interest rate hanging over your head took took a lifetime. Uh, we live in a rarefied time for uh, home ownership. Sure. So one last question, because we do have a lot of realtors that tune into the show. Um, you know, we, we came through a marketplace, uh, 2015, 2016, 2017, you know, um, I'm not going to say houses sell themselves, but you know what, we were in a position where everybody was looking to buy. So it, it made life a little bit easier. You had a slew of people take the real estate license. They got, became realtors. Now, when you see a market that, you know, makes it more difficult to sell, you've got longer sales cycle, you know, it's harder to get done. Are we going to see realtors, uh, you know, struggle over the next little while? Realtors have struggled in 2018 so far. And by struggle, I mean, they just haven't been doing the volume of business that they were used to. And if they didn't adjust their costs, like any other business, they they would have had a really uncomfortable first half of the year. It should get better. Uh, now, will we have the, the kind of uh, uncomfortably high growth in the number of registrants in the Toronto Real Estate Board? I'd hope not. Uh, the number of realtors that were getting their license in southern Ontario was far outpacing the uh, number of homes we were selling, the number of consumers the size of the economy, it was just a decoupled statistic. And and with all those new people coming uh, into the industry, it resulted in many fewer transactions for particularly those with uh, the narrow service, uh, um, low-cost operations uh, that have uh, sometimes thousands of agents. And they just didn't do any business. And if you only write a single deal a year, you're you're not going to get any better, and and you're not going to get any mentorship from senior people because they're going to be scraping by for for business. So I, I hope that the industry industry growth would match the underlying economy and 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 slow down somewhat, so people have a chance to learn. And I know that people like myself. Uh, and others involved in organized real estate are looking for ways to raise standards, make it more difficult 
uh, made it more challenging, make the educational uh, requirements uh, greater uh, to get a license. You're, you're responsible for guiding people through the largest uh, financial transaction they'll do in their lives, and uh, I believe that necessitates uh, a significant amount of training and skill. Excellent. Well, listen, Phil, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And um, I, I, I will definitely reach out to you, you know, in the next few months so we can kind of analyze what's happening in the marketplace again. And thanks uh, so much for joining us uh, this week. Always a pleasure. Uh, good luck with the rest of your program. Great. Thanks so much, Phil. Folks, that was Phil Soper. He is the president and CEO of Royal LePage. Well, that's it for this week. Boy, does an hour ever go quickly. Well, I hope you are safe and sound. You're going to enjoy the summer weather. I want to thank my guests this hour, President and CEO of Royal Page, Mr. Phil Soper, and I'd like to thank uh, Jackie Chikuti, uh, Head of Home Protection Solutions at uh, FCT, um, no, formerly known as First Canadian Title, Title Insurance. Uh, great product, something that I think you need to look into. I want to thank my producers, Mike and Ian, Everybody seems to make it simple for me each week. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, you know what? Stay cool. It's going to be a great summer. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.